Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What did you just say? Harvey didn't even want to do it. Bullshit, it was her idea. Robert, she's a grown woman. She made a decision. You don't believe me, you can ask her yourself, but I'm telling you, you want to be angry at someone, do not take it out on Harvey. I don't care whose idea it was. You used her to slander me in open court. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you, you tell your reform court buddies that Frank Gallo is gonna take that stand one way or another, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. Shoot, season seven, episode eight is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about 100, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Cispino, back here with the guy who always keeps it 100. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? 100, yeah, <laughs> that's me. Rob, we did it. This is a celebration. It's a celebration. Episode 100. We did it, 100 yes. episodes. It's so embarrassing that I just realized that that's why they named this episode 100. 100. Yes. Yeah. No mention of actual 100 in this episode. I was going to, uh, you know, I try to think about what am I going to say to open the podcast before I come mm-hmm. on. And I was going to say, uh, here's the guy who may or may not visit hotels late night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't want to put you on blast like that. Right. Also, lies. Lies and deceit. <laughs> There's a, there, there is no May. I'd I be at home. I'd be inside <laughs> mm-hmm. all, all yes. the time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So a lot to do here today. Episode number 100. Uh, pour one out for the homie Frank Gallo. Right. <laughs> Who could have saw that coming? <laughs> oh don't get me wrong. I'm okay with it because Frank Gallo is a murderer and whatnot. Uh, but... Wasn't he kind of winning you over at the last second? Well, like, it was a like, real <laughs> sharp left turn of redemption of like for two seasons straight. Like Frank Gallo is a monster. Frank Gallo is belongs behind bars for his entire life. And Frank Gallo's like, eh, you know, I have a daughter. And, and then like, we stand Frank oh Gallo. A, a, a father. A pro- Look, a provider. Give him what he deserves. Take care of his child. I was Frank Gallo. I was like, we stand with Frank. I it, mean, he, yeah, Mike Ross him. is uh, lining up to do the eulogy for Frank Gallo after all this. As he should. Adopt that man's child. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mike, you owe him. Frank Gallo, uh, yeah, I very mean, much the redemption arc well, in one let's, episode. Let's also keep it 100 for, for one second. I mean, 
Mike Ross somewhat responsible for Frank Gallo I mean, being yeah, dead. He got Frank Gallo killed, which Rob, since we keeping it a hundred here, Frank Gallo started it. So yeah. there you Frank go. Frank Gallo <laughs> F around and found out. Okay. He did both of those <laughs> things. You know what I'm saying? When you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I'm sorry, Frank Gallo. We pour one out for you, but let us move on. Um, I'm only happy because I think this means we don't have to go back to prison. I think that we are literally putting the the prison storyline of Mike Ross to bed. Uh, we buried it. And now we're going to be moving on to something else. And I'm okay with that. Like It looks like Mike is gonna, still going to be talking about prisons because um, he's knee deep in uh, this battle against the prison industrial system. But as far as Frank Gallo goes, yeah, I think we're done here. We might get a Frank Gallo flashback because, you know, that's always on the table with suits. But man, what a ride. What a ride of two seasons of Frank Gallo, a season and a half, really, as uh, we are eight episodes into uh, season seven of Suits. Chappelle, also, you know, we always have our midseason break that comes after episode 10. Uh, this kind of feels like a midseason finale in terms of, OK, we wrapped up everything that we were working on here with these uh, big storylines with Reform Corps and Frank Gallo and the whole uh, issue with Alex Williams and all that, that all seems like it's been wrapped up. Not really sure what we're going to do when we come back for episode nine tomorrow. Well, yeah, well, this is our hundredth episode, but Rob, it's our only our hundredth episode. <laughs> right. So they, we got, we had to leave a little sum sum on the back end that we can do before we get to the mid-season finale. And they leave us with a lot of storylines that feel tied up, but I'm sure there's other ways they can open them up so that we have more to talk about yeah. the second half of the season, um, including the return of Sheila's ass. Yes. Freaky Sheila's ass. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A lot of soap opera type stories uh, going on uh, that are unresolved between Donna and Mark Meadows, the return of Sheila's ass, uh, Harvey and uh, Dr. Agard having their anniversary. So a lot of dating drama going on, but it does feel like that mm -hmm. all of the law work uh, seems pretty settled. And Sheila invites Lewis up to her hotel. Uh, we had dueling hotel rendezvous at the end mm -hmm. of the episode. Donna passes. Uh, Lewis says, uh, how could I how could I pass? And he comes in ready to uh, unfurl his Viking mast. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, that that Eiffel Tower, you know, so yeah. sometimes it stands up right. Um, I think that Lewis is making a mistake here. I think this is not good. Sheila's ass has told Lewis, I am engaged, right? Like she's moving to um, she's moving into the city so that she can be with her new her new guy. But Sheila's ass still got an itch she just needs scratched. You know, she's like, ah, Lewis, I want that old thing back. I need that. I, I need I gotta have that. So what's up? And Lewis says, Oh my God, what does this mean? You know, um, am I an adulterer? Does Sheila an adulterer? Do I even Am I supposed to do this? Does this make me a bad person? D does my mask need to stand upright for this lady? And uh, he he decides after a while, yeah, he's down with that. Uh, Lewis is here for a good time. He says he wants somebody to make him feel good, Rob. And uh, famous last words, you know, he's a make me feel good. And um, he goes off to do that. I, I think Lewis needed a win, but I don't know if this is the win that he needs. Uh, yeah. Everybody's not able to be the other guy. I think it's a tough role to play. And I think Lewis might be in over his head. 
Yeah, so Lewis, he has the initial run-in with Sheila, and he does handle it, like, very maturely. Like, you would have thought that he would have gone into a spiral, so uh, credit to Dr. Lipschitz and some of the breakthroughs that he has been having. But then, ultimately, then he doesn't want to talk to Sheila anymore. She ultimately gets through his defenses and has this conversation with him, and then invites him to go and come to the hotel room for one last fling. And so is it possible? Could could Lewis break Sheila out of her marriage? Is, could this turn into something more break serious? Her out of her marriage? Is she being held hostage? Look, the question is, does Sheila want to be married still? Is, is having a taste of that lit uh, sensation going to drag her back into, her, you know, uh, those memories of the good times? Uh, one of the things that they struggled with was that Sheila was like, man, I really don't want to leave Harvard. But we see that she's left Harvard. Uh, she's like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now, uh, you know, working for Columbia. So if she's able to bend on that. Maybe just maybe she's able to be like, you know, that was the most Lewis. wild out of anything that I mean, Sheila's entire character was everything was Harvard and the Crimson and the integrity of Harvard. And to think that she would I mean, really, is Columbia paying suits uh, to like, hey, you know, we're we're about we're the same as Harvard, really, if I, you think about they, it. They have to because wasn't it was it Arizona State that caught that random stray? <laughs> uh, like, they're like, um. Make sure you go in and uh, suits and, and, is and sponsored put it by suits. Columbia University. It's the right. Harvard of New York. <laughs> Look, points are made. You know, I think now that Sheila's saying, you know, Columbia's good too. Everybody, including including Lewis, like, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. So yeah, Sheila has ditched her old stomping grounds, and so maybe she is into new experiences. Also, Lewis was very, uh, you know, hell bent on having a baby. We know this, um, but Sheila does not want to have a child. That does not mean there's other there's not other ways Lewis could get a kid. You know, Lewis could adopt or something like that if he really wants to be with Sheila he and have a child. He has the associates. He does have the associates. Those are kind of like his kids. He probably needs a new cat or something like that to take his mind off of that too. But with Sheila back in the mix and them back in bed, you never know. I mean, she called him from a private line, so, you know... She already had murder on her mind. She was trying to get nasty. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll see what happens with Lewis and Sheila moving forward. The Donna one was pretty wild, I thought, though. Uh, Freaking Mark Meadows is back again after meeting him in the flashback. Uh, she finds the Shakespeare book and she calls him and they have a coffee date. And he's like, yeah, and uh, I'm married. <laughs> but I'm married. I'm but married, but it sucks. Like, I am yeah, ready like for something else. She's like, so have you thought about a divorce? She's like, divorce? <laughs> no. Why would I do that when I could just sleep with you? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And Donna's like, well, I mean, he, he does, he's not happy in his marriage. You know, he's not happy. As long as he's not happy, then I think it'll be okay. So Donna really plays with this. I really want somebody to love me like Suits loves adultery. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of their thing here. You know, like, they love a good adultery storyline. We love a good... Oh, the weed is taking over storyline. We keep going back to the well here. If Donna was to uh, sleep with Mark Meadows, uh, knowing that he's married, I think Harvey might fire her. 
You know, so oh, I really, yeah, he'd be pissed. Yeah. Um, he I'm, would be so mad. I'm surprised that we didn't get Rachel saying like, hey, Donna, you know, I kissed Logan Sanders. And it's fine. It was, well, no, I thought you were going to say like, out. you don't have to go down the road. I did, Donna. No, she's going to tell her. I, I, I regretted it. Yeah. She doesn't regret it. She never apologized. <laughs> we still we, look. We still don't know why she kissed him. Ma'am. She went to his house. Was, yeah. She's yeah, but why? Rachel, what were you trying to prove? Were you just like, damn, I missed him? <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. he's not dead. Is there <laughs> any world where you I mean, if he shows back up, Rachel, you gonna fold again? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, good point. Um, all right. So uh we'll see. It looks like this this is the end of Mark Meadows, right? Is it? Is it? I mean, this isn't the mid-season finale, so there's still room for Mark Meadows' wife to show up at Donna's doorstep the next day and be like, you bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so Donna's like, wait, it wasn't even me. I didn't even do anything. And so I'm thinking there's something there. What if Mark Meadows shows up tomorrow and says, I filed for divorce? Then we got a whole Mark and Donna storyline, and there's no way you can avoid that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Harvey and Dr. Agard, uh, their relationship is progressing. Has Donna given her seal of approval to uh, Dr. Agard? No, no. Donna's so busy trying to distract herself with this, uh, uh, with this like uh, tryst that she could <laughs> potentially have with Mark that she's not worried about that. She she very much sees Dr. Agard as probably a threat to whatever relationship she has with Harvey. We know that there's still feelings there, so I'm not projecting and saying, oh, you know, Donna still has. We know the show has outlined very deeply that Donna still has feelings for Harvey. They just cannot be. But. Mm. Donna has also met Dr. Agard and I forgot, you know, like we know that they've met, but seeing them kind of realize that they met was, was fun. Donna walks in like, Oh, Paula girl, what you doing here? And she's like, Oh, Donna, um, you know, just buying a gift from my, my guy that you love. Nothing mm -hmm. to see here. You good with that? Uh, and I'm thinking that Donna's thinking, okay, I got to go get up underneath somebody to get over the one that I'm not under. And so, uh, I think that she's, she's very much disapproving, but the show is making it seem like she's, distracting herself with something else. I do wonder if there was anything that was like coincidental about Mark being like the one person that Donna had dated, but like enough Harvey already get over this guy. And then that's the person she went out to go and look for after Harvey is seeing somebody else. Yeah. It's um very much Jessica and Jeff Malone. He's like, you only care about your law firm. You only care about work. You, you don't care about me, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, fine, Jeff. I'll give you a try. I'll give up all the things that I like for you. Ugh. And I think Donna's doing the same thing. She's like, I can't have Harvey, but what was the next best thing? What was the other thing that made me very happy that I had to give up for Harvey? What is another thing that I put Harvey first for when I probably should have put me first for? It's Mark Meadows. And mm -hmm. so she goes and finds him. Now, I don't know if it's a coincidence or if it's just God. Could God just be saying, Donna, stand the hell up? Like, we're giving you all these other reasons why you should not be here. Here's Mark Meadows. Sure, he's married. He's not happy. Go get into some uh, some mess. Who is? I don't know. Yeah, who is? Who among us? And then Paula, she's also there in the way. Donna. I mean, come on, man. You got a lot of distractions. You do not have to be focused about Harvey. Now, will Donna like, heed those warnings from God, from the big man upstairs? Um, Sky Daddy? No. She's not going to do it. She's going to she's gonna turn him down, and she's going to keep pining for Harvey. Um, unless, again, unless Mark Meadows comes in, he has to come harder than this. You can't just be like, I, I'm i not happy with my wife. You want to sleep together? I think he really needs to come to Donna and be like, look, this is over. This is done. Sell her a dream, Mark. If you're going to play the game, play the game. Sell her a dream, say it's over, and then uh, see what happens. Or actually, try this. Actually separate from your wife. I think 
if you're that unhappy and you're looking to stray, why don't you do the adult thing and just be honest mm-hmm. about your feelings and dip? But you know, that that'd be too easy. Too, too much easy. like right. Okay. All right. So the big case that's going on here, this is the culmination of what we've been dealing with for the last couple of weeks. Basically, this pro bono case, which has uh, completely spiraled and escalated into this class action lawsuit against uh, these construction companies and prisons. We see that Harvey is going to give the case to Robert Zane and says, basically, if Robert Zane can shut this whole thing down, that'll help Alex Williams get out of this and still could help Mike get whatever class action lawsuit money that he promised to Oscar Reyes. And so we drop this all off. First off, I mean, how does Robert Zane not call the police of Harvey has broken into his home? The like, oh, Harvey, what are you doing here? Oh, just handling some things. He's like, <laughs> bro, get out of here. You know, um, Mike and Harvey compared themselves to Batman and Robin and said they need a commissioner Gordon. And um, that's very much a Batman move <laughs> for you to walk into your house yeah. and he's just standing there in the darkness, like, excuse me, sir. But- can um, Robert Zane have a moment's peace in his own house? How many times have we seen in the course of the series, this man is minding his own business, he's watching TV, he's making a snack, he's trying to have a beer, and some person just walks into the room, not even comes to the door, just walks into his kitchen, and he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I not to blame Rachel, but, you know, Rachel... If you just went and worked for your daddy, this wouldn't be a yeah. problem. Is she just like giving out the key code to everybody willy nilly? There's no way. I think, you know, you know what happened here. Mike saw the key code one time mm-hmm. and photographic <laughs> memory Mike was like, Harvey, I can get Put you it in into the group that text. Home. Yeah. yeah. I can get you into that home. Make no mistake. And so, yeah, they go to visit and Harvey's just dropping off a box. Like, I just have a few items that you might be interested in. You know, and looking at, and he laces Robert Zane up on, um, you know, some of the activity that they've been having here, and and I really appreciate this from Suits. Every now and then, Suits will be like, "Hey, some of this stuff be race related," mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, "Yeah, it do be race related." Uh, you know, um, like Mike's, uh, you know, random like hero complex where he just walks around thinking he's in charge, and he can make all the decisions all the time and get away with everything all the time. So yeah, that's. That's you know kind of like the the straight white man thing to do. Um, like I'm sorry, it just it just is. And so here we see Robert Zane being like, yeah, this prison thing it's bigger than all of us because these are black and brown people who are you know suffering dif- disproportionately from these things. And so if I'm good, I'm getting into it. I'm going to make sure that we crush this. This is going to go down. And they're like, but Robert, you're doing too much. You're like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing too much because I don't have the luxury of sitting by and just letting this go away. And so getting Robert Zane involved was probably a little bit of them biting off more than they could chew. I don't think they were ready for Robert Zane. Prepare to beat Harvey's ass in this episode. Yeah, I mean, because Mike, he like will meet a person and have sort of like a righteous call to like, hey, I gave Oscar Reyes my word. And so everything I do is justified to try to make this happen. And this is all about like trying to get justice for Oscar Reyes. And and maybe there's other Oscar Reyes that are out there. But then at the point where they got Robert Zane involved that, you know, uh, that he like has a different righteous cause that ends up being uh, what motivates him. uh, And they're like, 
uh, hey, uh, slow, slow your roll here. Uh, you're this isn't this isn't what we wanted. And Wendell Pierce right. gives such a great acting performance, like when he blows up at Harvey about why uh, all the people that he grew up with uh, end up being incarcerated and why he's doing uh, what he's doing. And I feel like you don't really uh, get this from Robert Zane so much uh, throughout the course of Suits that he does seem to be more motivated by, uh, you know, the typical like corporate interests that uh, a lot of like the PSL business comes from. But I I thought he was really incredible in this episode. Yeah, I think that, you know, like every now and then they show some of these added layers of these characters where you're like, oh, I forgot about that. For Robert Zane, he's very much been very much. I need to win in the same vein that, you know, Harvey needs to win. Right. Or, you know, he's protective of his daughter. He needs to win. He's he's all about the money. You don't mess with Robert Zane, but he's a whole character, too. And he has other things that motivate him um, that are outside of Rachel and his law firm. And, yeah, some of his his backstory has come into play before in the show. But this is the first time we've seen it really be a driving factor in the plot and how he addresses some of the crimes in front of him. We even see that with Jessica. Jessica told Harvey in the last episode, hey, Harvey, uh, you need to play the long game because I have to deal with people whenever I walk in the room uh, judging me because I'm a woman, looking at my mm-hmm. ass, uh, you know, uh, making race-related remarks. Those and effers, like, Gordon Schmidt and Van Dyke. Right. And Harvey's like, but I'm white. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting. Are you kidding me? No one's making, no one's looking at my ass. And so, uh, you know, he's not able to relate on that level. And so I think with this one, with Robert Zane, this was another moment where Harvey and Mike were like, oh, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. We missed that. Robert, uh, do your thing. And if they stand in his way, Robert Zane is going to punch them in the face. Now, Rob, I have to ask, you think Robert Zane could beat Harvey's ass? Uh, I think I still like Harvey in that I fight. I still got Harvey over that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I mean, reach. I, I give Robert Zane a little credit of that. He seems more mad than Harvey was. Uh, so the righteous anger will do it. Mm-hmm. Righteous anger, but I feel like that, you know, Harvey, I think, has some uh, some height and also some uh, experience. He's, he's and I think reach. Robert Zane, I think, is also a little older than Harvey. Yeah, they pro- honestly, they probably about the same age. Ain't no telling how old Harvey is. Harvey mm-hmm. could be 80. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think he's 80. You don't know that. But uh, I think that Robert Zane, I think Robert Zane is probably the best matchup I've seen so far, just because of, like you said, he's 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 a lot madder than Harvey. It's kind of like when Marcus said he was going to be Harvey's ass in a vacuum. Yeah, Marcus probably would lose to Harvey. But when Marcus wanted to beat his ass, he had just disrespected his mom and basically, uh, you know, disrespected his the memory of his dad. You know, Marcus was coming out right. for blood and Harvey's heart wouldn't have been in it. He was in there like, Robert, don't make me beat your ass. And Robert was like, all right, let's go. And he threw him up against the wall. And Harvey didn't even lift the punch. And, you know, Harvey swings first. So uh, I think that Robert <laughs> Zane kind of had the momentum. Yeah. OK, uh, just here's the tale of the tape. OK, uh, so Wendell Pierce is 59 years old at the time of podcast recording. Gabriel Mock is 51. Uh, also that he is listed on Google. Gabriel Mock is listed as six feet tall, probably 5'10". Probably uh, 10, yeah. And Wendell Pierce is listed at 5'8". Probably 5'8". Probably mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, Although, can I tell you something that... Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that, let me see. Okay. Uh, I believe that um, like uh, my height on one of these websites is listed as like five, five somewhere. Stop it, Rob. Stop <laughs> it. I've met you. You're not, you're not I, a small I person. I know that. I know that. You, you got, 
these websites with their lies and propaganda. Did you learn this on TikTok? Yeah. Oh, oh no. I, it's IMDB. Rob Sisternino is five, five and a half. Where are they even getting this five, from? Five and a half. I don't even know if I can podcast with somebody that short. Well, I do podcast with Sasha. Hell, Sasha might be taller than five, five. What the, what the freaking hell? Yeah, that's tough. You, Jenny, and Sasha just down there holding it down for the for the short <laughs> podcaster. Man, that's that's something I honestly cannot relate to. I haven't been five foot anything since like cheese seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So um yeah. 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 Unlike unlike Don't Harvey, believe I, everything you I, read on the internet. Right. But believe me when I say this. I mean, a lot of associates have met me. I'm a tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I normally don't look down there to see what's going down. Uh, but Rob, you let me know how the small people are living. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, so um, Robert Zane, he is going to get Frank Gallo to testify. And so, okay, we got to, we got to stop Frank Gallo from testifying. And so uh, they end up like printing out the text that Frank Gallo sent to Rachel. Yeah, the threats. You know, he's like, I I thought it was the the photos. When he when he grabs the photo, he's like, and he sent these to my fiance. I'm like, wait, is it the pictures, the Photoshop? Because yeah. I didn't think that was gonna. So back I up. don't even know what they claimed to have. I think that you know, Mike sent a text from Frank Gallo's phone, and then Rachel was like sending texts back, and then I think then Frank Gallo was like, uh, send nudes. And then, but when, what, like, what was, and then, and then they real Rachel realized that, okay, uh, this is Frank Gallo. And he's like, Hey, you B word, I'm going to kill you. Is that like what he was sending on the phone to her, te- <laughs> like on text message? So I'll kill you, bitch. <laughs> send me some nudes. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Mike again. Uh, Just hey, kidding. can you send those nudes? <laughs> Remember those nudes we asked about? <laughs> those? Um, yeah. Whatever he said was good enough for them to. Uh, hey, what's your problem? Point. I'm going to kill you. Right. He's like, Mike, why are you acting like this? It's, mm-hmm. like a, it's hard. I just jail. miss you. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Any word on those oh. nudes? <laughs> He checks in daily. So about those nudes. Um, yeah, whatever it was that was exchanged, this was the evidence that they needed to come in and be like, no, Frank Gallo's a madman. He's crazy. He's out here. Uh, look, Alex Williams is about to perjure himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robert Zane is about to perjure himself and say that Frank Gallo is a trusted source here where look at these documents. And Robert Zane was like, excuse me, perjure myself. Who is this coming from the fraud? You know, mm-hmm. I think at that point he was really... I think he had free reign at that point to whoop everybody ass. If you got Harvey and Mike Ross being like, should we, we probably should question the integrity of this lawyer. I think at some point someone has to say, all right, y'all. Now we know this is a TV show, somewhat of a soap opera, but y'all got to calm down. Y'all don't get that right. Yeah. All right. And then we find out. So um, Harvey goes to the judge in the morning. Like, uh, really? I mean, I feel like they could find him in contempt for this. I feel like this is uh, really not allowed. Uh, and he goes to the judge's house. Home? Yeah. And somehow <laughs> Excuse the, me. the judge like uh, got the text alert. Hey, Frank Gallo is dead. And so, um, we then get Harvey going to show up at Reform Corps uh, and saying like, hey, you uh, can't believe you had Frank Gallo murdered. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But then here comes Robert Zane with the iPad. Yeah. Robert Zane, who is like, he's going to shut it down. You know, my favorite thing about them is that when they say, yeah, so Frank Gallo's dead. I'm like, what? Frank Gallo? Really? That is this man's name, Roger? Yeah, I think Roger is like, what? 
What are you mm-hmm. talking about? That's not a thing. I didn't do anything. And Robert Zane shows up and he's like, nah, you're going away for murder. You're going away for uh for money, murder, unless you give us a lot of money. And then you're probably still going to jail. I want the money and I want you to go to jail. But I don't think they can get him in prison, right? That was the thing. Um, they they couldn't get the head of reform corps in in prison. Right. So they just wanted a bunch of money. And then he had to write up uh something for Harvey uh that will keep uh, Alex out of prison as well, right? Because Alex is still going to be the fall person for all of this due to all his willing and dealings that was, I guess, essentially Harvey's fault. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Alex, in Alex's mind, this is all yeah. Harvey's fault. I don't know. I feel like that they, they could have gotten him in prison, but they wanted basically to like extort the money out of him to do the settlement and then also write the letter that was going to free Alex Williams. Like, I think that they didn't want the, this whole thing to go into trial because I think it would have gotten like very ugly and messy. Yeah, and so uh, while they're going to Roger over at Reform Corp, uh, Tommy Braddon, he gets, he is to meet with Alex, and Alex is like, "Yeah, remember that affidavit I signed saying that y'all weren't in, y'all were guilt, y'all were innocent, and I I took all the blame. I'm gonna need that back. Thanks." And um, when he's uh, he says he's about to resign, and that um, <laughs> Tommy Braddon is like, uh, "Yeah, you're never getting that. You'll have to beat it out of me." But instead, he shows him a mm-hmm. signed confession from Sh- Shapiro. And he says that, you know, y'all colluded together and you're going down. And so now Tommy is going to have to give up the signed affidavit and his resignation letter because they already typed one up for him. They really packed him up in this episode. Yeah. Also, uh, Tommy Bratton, I just realized that uh, that he was the memorable character on The Sopranos. Uh, his name was Mikey and he was uh, one of Junior's uh, handlers. I've never seen The Sopranos. We talked about this before, but I've mm-hmm. heard of Mikey. So I, it's so fa- it's fascinating to me that you've made it this long without realizing that was who that was. Yeah, I uh, didn't. Well, it's like, you know, he's aged uh, about, you know, uh, almost 20 years from that role. So sometimes uh, yeah. people don't always uh, look exactly the same. But uh, both uh, and Frank Gallo also was a memorable Sopranos character in Father Phil. So uh, we lose uh, two Sopranos uh, characters in one episode. Don't let Nicole see this episode. Well, mm-hmm. she might be actually very excited. I know she's a big Sopranos person. I don't think she and, uh, cares about Father Phil. Um, for, yeah, that was Frank Gallo. Mikey? Mm, I think she would care more about Mikey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Sopranos heavy episode. Sopranos heavy episode. And so they basically get everything they need from Reform Corps. Alex Williams goes to, uh, to Bratton and basically tells him... Uh, hey, we uh, we got you dead to rights. You're gonna resign. Yeah, uh, that's the end of the Brad and Gould and Williams. I don't know. Whatever we, whatever Alex thought was gonna happen over here is not going to happen. And now it looks like Alex is stuck at PSL. You yeah, know, it was pretty extreme that they got uh, Thomas Bratton to resign from Brad and Gould. I mean, he was colluding with people for murder. You know, it's not like he's mm-hmm. just a regular ass lawyer. It's it's very Edward but the Darby, guy right? from Reform Corps like is still the head of Reform Corps. I mean, the prison industrial system is a mm-hmm. it's a strong system, but uh, this this man who's just a lawyer is like, yeah, you got to go. Uh, and so maybe maybe there's a world where it's supposed to be um, Alex Williams and and Gould. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he wants his name on this wall. Maybe he wants to rebuild the company. I don't know. Does with, with Tommy Braden um, resigning? Does that mean that Braden and Gould is no more? I don't know. I guess we're gonna take all their business too. Oh yeah, let's gut them. Gut them for parts. Yeah. 
All right, uh, and then the episode ends with uh, Mike Ross going to go see Frank Gallo's daughter, gives her a big check. He's like, hey, I just wanted you to know your dad was a decent man. He only tried, he did try to murder me. Um, and he's murdered others. And he murdered he other murdered people. Um, but, uh, eh. but he has a daughter. At the end of the he day, pretty at good. At the end of the day, do good, you have a daughter Pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah, and he has a daughter. I'm just saying, I gotta give me one of those. Daughter. Then people will be like, that's Chappelle. He's a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, uh, it did wonders for Frank Gallo. Again, pour one out for uh, Zach Wardenberger's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but the whole thing of like, hey, I need to testify. So my daughter thinks that I'm a decent guy. I mean, didn't we do that kind of last season uh, with we the always whole do that. like death row inmate that he needed to didn't care if he was going to like uh, be executed or not. He needed his daughter to believe that he was decent. Yeah. But that guy was actually innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this guy here is guilty and he actually tried to commit more murders. Um, yet here we are. So uh, again, Frank Gallo, yeah. he was here for a good time. Not a long time. He lasted a lot longer on this show than I thought. I, I, you could not have like paid me to think that Frank Gallo would be a topic of conversation in episode yeah. eight of season seven. Do you seven. think that Mike keeps in touch with Kevin Miller? No. Like, Mike hey, Ross, Ke- a- hey, Kevin, Mike, uh, guess what? Frank Gallo died. He's like, what? Oh, my God. Kevin's like, Kevin, yeah, that's crazy. Kevin's like, oh, man, thank God. And then Mike's like, no, no, actually, he's from my friend now. Uh, no, yeah, it's like, we're good. <laughs> no, you're not good. He tried to murder you, but he has a daughter. Kevin, you have a daughter, right? Remember? Remember your daughter? I, it, it, that, that might be a running uh, plot line in Suits as well. Like, how many of these people have daughters that redeem them? Mm-hmm. How, how often do they like, oh, Mike, I have a son. Like, nobody says that. But you say they have a daughter, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man. This grizzled criminal, you know, got a heart of gold in there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chappelle, we got to give out a Liddy here for episode 100, the 100th Liddy. Who does it go to? Harvey gave Paula a key to his apartment. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, this is the 100th episode and we've never done this before. Could Robert Zane be eligible for a Liddy here? I'm down. Katrina has a Liddy. Mm-hmm. You da- if Katrina can have Scotty a Liddy, has a Liddy. So- right, right. L- hey, give it to Bob Dog. Robert mm-hmm. Zane, the Liddy's for you. Yeah, he really did do a lot. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to that he happened to depose Frank Gallo. What do you think about like when Robert Zane is holding up the iPad, and then when we went in the iPad? 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And then you see like, oh yeah, Robert Zane had already deposed Frank Gallo on the slick. Said, okay, Robert Zane. Uh, yeah, he's great. I, I think that we see we should see more Robert Zane. Um, I don't know. It just for for me, he did everything I needed him to do in this episode. He stood up for what was right, and he was unshakable. You know, and and not like in a Mike Ross way where somebody mm-hmm. else comes in and gives you their word, and so you're like, well, I do like their word better than your word. And then the next person comes in, you're like, but remember the first word I gave? No, Robert Zane took a stand. He made this whole thing go away. Frank Gallo's dead. I mean, that's not. It's kind of like a byproduct of this, but we gotta we gotta murder her off the streets. Yeah, and I and I'll say that uh, Frank Gallo, Frank Gallo um, dies at the hands of Mike Ross, but even Robert Zane. So uh, yeah, kudos to Robert Zane. Let me ask you a question. Did uh, Harvey do any stunts in this episode? You talking about as far as getting thrown up against the wall <laughs> by Robert Zane? Probably. I don't know because uh, here on the Suits Wiki, uh, Derek Barnes is listed as Harvey's stunt double in this episode. Derek Barnes. Mm-hmm. That's the actor's name. He's Harvey. I, I think he's he did two episodes on Suits as Harvey's stunt double. He's the Gabriel Mock stunt double. What is? I mean, Can we get him yeah, on the podcast. Is, I think we could. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb, trying to see what else he's been stunt doubles for. Like if I if I know any of his other work, mm-hmm. um, I mean nothing's sticking out. No, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't think that Harvey did any stunts in this episode, but he has stunt double. Robert Zane tossed him. I guess so. you know because that wall. I think that 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 means something. But he didn't throw him on the ground or anything. I mean, but still, he didn't get but hit with a steel still. chair. Yeah. But still. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was in The Man from Toronto. We talked about that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure he Maybe was. Maybe he's Woody a, a Toronto, York local. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that for Suits. They do go back to the to the, uh, to the the well and keep going. Employing to these, half uh, of Toronto, York. At least the Canadians are getting paid over here at PSL for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, we uh, really only had the reference to uh, a lot of Batman and Robin talk. Suits really leaning into the Batman and Robin of it all here in season seven. Yeah, Derek Barnes also have done uh, uh, stunt stunt work for the DC Universe. So okay. uh, he was in Suicide Squad. So uh, a little synergy there. Okay. All right. Um, got some questions here about this episode. Suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Okay. Uh, Patty. Our junior, our, our junior partner, senior C-O-O, partner, oh, please, COO, yes, sorry name. about that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, says don't, that, don't do that episode 100 was directed by Patrick J. Adams, had the most bullshits for the season at 10. Uh, what do you think of the line? And it's not on Netflix. Uh, was that added in post-production when the series was added to Netflix? Uh, also, David Schwartz asked us, what do you think about that Robert Zane's line? And it's not on Netflix. Do you think that they imagined that the show would be on Netflix? What a coincidence. No, I don't think I don't it was added in Netflix post. knows. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think Netflix knows this is in the show. They're like, what do you mean it's not on Netflix? It is now. You know, mm-hmm. I think if Netflix finds out, they make them go in and edit it in post. <laughs> okay. Like, you take that out right now. It's not on Hulu. AJ asks it's us only on Netflix, <laughs> only on the NP and Peacock and, yeah, uh, and other places. And, and, and potentially Prime. Amazon prime. Yeah. yeah. Um, AJ was, has Rachel stood up? I think so. I think okay. so. Right. Where we're not Rachel. Look, we've almost given Rachel 
so like we've given away a bunch of ladies this season. We've given away eight so far. And I think in every conversation, we're like, but what about Rachel? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of this episode, which I could probably still make an argument for, what about Rachel? I think that as long as Rachel is standing up and she's no longer under the thumb of Mike Ross, she is a compelling character when they give her something to do. I think currently she's not doing nothing, but she's standing up. I, I give her so much credit for somehow dragging herself under from under that storyline because that Mike Schmoopy, Mike, I love Mike, Mike Zoom, Mike, 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 Mike. That was so boring and lame. Boring. This is better. Yeah. yeah. I saw people in the Facebook group saying that, you know, the D- Donna had gotten to the point where people was getting tired of her. Rachel, they were getting tired of her. I think that suits the executives behind suits, the writers and stuff. They had to look at these characters and say, are we not giving them enough to do? Um, or should we, uh, you know, expand their character? Because there are people that the like people like, you know, Donna and Rachel are probably very identifiable characters. But if you give them nothing but, you know, big love interest and pining after, uh, you know, these idiots on the show, then they become very stale. So mm-hmm. I appreciate for Rachel for where she's come uh, so far from, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I agree uh, that some of these characters, when we're just dealing with like one aspect of their life, uh, like don't end up uh, many seasons into the show being as well-rounded as others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, Chappelle, uh, so just uh, I'm looking through the Facebook group also, of course. Uh, you and I uh, have, uh, for the last season and a half of Suits, uh, referenced that uh, she's gone and have she's brought up gone. the uh, Hall & Oates song, but uh, bad news for Hall & Oates. I mean, Don't that, talk. That was, we cannot talk about this. Nope. That was the high point for Hall & Oates for the last couple of months of our uh, <laughs> referencing them, but... Not going great otherwise for Hall and Oates. They are on a break. Okay. In my mind, look, people might not know this, but Hall and Oates are like, like a top five band for me. I love them. And so uh, that's why when you start singing that song, I was grinning from ear to ear. Like, <laughs> how did you know? Uh, but yeah, they seem to be having some differences. Uh, restraining orders have been filed. Typical. Most bands go through this. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Um, you know. It, we move, we move, mm-hmm. uh, but very, very much uh, timely reference for us, considering you know we've been singing "She's Gone" for about three weeks now, and um, now they're in the news. I don't know. Did we curse Hall and Oates? I hope not. I hope not. Okay. Uh, and then I had been asking about like what these cases uh, move along real quick uh, in suits, where it's like they open up a class action lawsuit, they're in court the next day. I've never said this on the podcast, but have you ever noticed that every suits case takes place in the same courtroom? No, I, I no, I never noticed that. But I'm, it's I'm like the, not- ex- dis- there's like there's like a small courtroom that uh, like some of like the Oliver cases uh, go to, but then basically like every other suits case is in the same. I don't mean to say suits case, um, nah, but suit cases. Th- there is like one other like wood paneled courtroom that every other uh, court case uh, takes place. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. I'm I'm a person who's. I, I know, think they famously- change the seal sometimes, but ultimately, I think it's they have like one courtroom set. But Anessa says okay. about uh, dealing with the, the speed of some of these cases uh, that most of their cases appear to be New York federal court, which moves faster than New York state court. Class actions take about two to three years, while individual mm-hmm. cases take about one to two years. 
The biggest bottleneck is the judge who's backlogged with other cases. It takes the judge several months to review motions and rule on them. While the parties wait on the judge, they may engage in discovery, which includes depositions, but sometimes you really need to wait on the judge to strategize on what to do next. For example, you have to wait for the judge to rule on a motion for class certification to understand who is in the case and who you want to depose. That could take at least six months. 95% of cases settle before going to trial. But if you are going to trial, you have to wait for the judge to carve out several days for the trial. It could take several months to schedule and would cause further delays. Yeah, this is why Harvey so this never is goes fiction. to trial. Right. Yeah, but this is why Harvey never goes to trial because he always goes to the judge and goes, judge, you really want to do this for the next year or you want to just dismiss this? We could just call it a day. And all these people are like, yeah, you're right. I don't have three years yeah. to give to this. You want this yeah. clown show in your court for the next year? It's like, did I tell you my partner is a fraud? Mm -hmm. Do you really want to deal with that? He's like, no, God, no. Just settle. Yeah, motion, motion to dismiss, you know, approved. Here you go. Bye. Okay. All right. Chappelle, anything else you want to mention here on episode number 100? Yes, we have a some feedback uh, on suitspodcast.com. Uh, this one is from podcast page. It says, where have you been? Um, from Roberta. Uh, I cannot express how much I love your podcast. I have several favorite podcasts. However, when I see yours drop, it's a hard stop. And I listen to yours. Your witty banter and spot on commentary keeps me coming back for more. You're a bright spot in my day. Glad to be a part of the 100 reviews by episode 100. What's the next show you're both going to dissect? Rob, not to put any pressure on you, but we're at season seven of nine. Mm -hmm. We're on the back end. Mm -hmm. You fired me before. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And look, I have, I've let it go. I don't bring it up at all ever. Um, but, you know. Time's ticking. It sounds like unless I bring you, I bring you a good case and slam the folder on your door, I might be out on the street again. <laughs> yeah, but um, if we finish suits, that's not getting fired. That's graduating. I know, I know, but graduate into like, like that's like graduating from college though. Like you, you're in a thing, you're doing a, you're doing mm -hmm. big things, you're making all these successful moves, and then you graduate and then you're unemployed. Yeah. So just saying, if you want to dissect something else, I'm here. All right. Um, what does Roberta mean by where have you been? Like uh, all of her life or like, yeah. Okay. Did we go Maybe somewhere? Roberta, Roberta, are you a new listener? Like, have you not, are you not familiar with RJP? We got a lot of stuff going on over here. Maybe we should start advertising ourselves here. Right. Rob, no. what else you got to talk? What else do you talk about here on RJP? Uh, Survivor, the amazing race, big brother, a bunch of stuff uh, all the time at Rob has a website.com at Rob Sesternino on uh, Twitter. What about you, Chappelle? No, I, look, I'm a big fan. You know, you also have post-show recaps as well. Uh, like the sister company to Rob has a website.com. So if you like scripted television, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, more of the Walking Dead coverage that I get to join in on. Rob has covered Seinfeld in the past and Game of Thrones. And there's a, there's a ton of content here. Make sure you go to Rob has a website.com. It's only about 10 or years of back shows if you missed it. Yeah, if you trust me, we've covered some of your faves somewhere. And so uh, check out robhasawebsite.com or postrecaps.com and keep up with all the stuff we have going on. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with episode number 101 uh, hey. coming up tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 